Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, November 30th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And just like yesterday, I got my man, George Kurtz, in the saddle with me as the King Scott Angle is joining the 12s for a big Seahawks game this week. Uh, You know, the Seahawks are live in the NFC playoff race, George. But yesterday... Uh, part of the NFC playoff race was uh, kind of put on its ear as it relates to the NFC East, as it relates to the one and the two seed potentially in the NFC. That was interesting, huh, George? Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, not, I, I think very few thought Dallas would win the game, and no one thought 23 points would be scored total. Uh, that was uh, a different kind of game we saw last night, and as you mentioned, it forces the Eagles and uh, Redskins, they played Monday night, Losers almost done now, though, because of this. And you said it. All of a sudden, now the Rams are back in conversation for the number one overall seed in the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, listen, I have been on record as saying say, I think the Saints look the best in the NFL. I have also been on record saying that if the NFC playoffs go through the dome in New Orleans, then Sean Payton and Drew Brees may be able to punch their ticket. But this was interesting. I think you're right, George. You know, no, nobody really saw this. Although I will say, yes, yesterday on this show, you and I both talked about how the Dallas Cowboys would try to win this game. We did, in fact, say they would want to just feed Zeke. They would want time of possession. They would want to keep Brees off the field. And at one point, in the end of the first half, Troy Aikman said something like the Saints had only run 23 plays, you know, or something like that. And they were, in essence, you know, kind of we laid out 
the path. We laid out the game plan on how it could be done. I just don't think we had confidence that they would be able to actually do it. The other thing I would say on the other side of the ball... George, is that Aikman, again, made this point. Drew Brees is great at stepping up in the pocket, um, you know, to avoid pressure, calm on the pressure. We know his accuracy is something in the high 70s this year in terms of completion percentage, and he went like 0 for 4 to start the game. But he was getting pressure up in his face, and Aikman made the point that that is especially troublesome for a quarterback like Drew Brees, you know, who's like 4 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, Brees. People forget that he's actually an undersized quarterback. Yeah, he's when like Russell his... Wilson, and you know, yeah. Go ahead. But it's you know, when they show his close-up views of him on camera, you see him, he's actually looking up, like, up like, under his face mask to get to see above the, uh, the right. defensive lineman. It's weird how he can do that and be so successful, but obviously it's working for him. Uh, I mean, offensively, the game plan didn't work. That was only scored 13 points. Yes, they ate right. clock, and they ate a lot of clock, but they only scored 13 points. That should not have been enough. This, the defense last night played fantastic. Uh, I mean, listen, there were a lot of things going on there. They were dropped passes by New Orleans. The officiating left quite a yes. bit to be desired on both, on both parts. Yes. It was, was bad. Say that, yeah. yeah, but that's every game. I mean, come on, every game the officiating's bad in most, in most NFL games. It's just, in the, it seems like in the first half, the officials let them play. Including the roughing the punter, which was absolutely, I mean, the right call, but absolutely ridiculous. Like, how much... You know, how much slack does Randy Gregory get in this organization? I mean, the man has played, what, like they said, like two games in the previous two years? Yeah, he had a couple of sacks. But if Dallas lost that game, if Drew Brees on any of his last couple of drives did get a touchdown, say they lost this game 17-13, something like that, like Randy Gregory would be the, would be the goat on that one, right? Uh, uh, well, I mean, Dak the roughing the punter, the offsides, you know? Well, the offsides was uh, that was questionable. Also, it was There's no argument for the punt. Loving the punt, he did. He deserved it. It's a stupid play. There's no reason to go after the punter there. You're not. You're not even close to blocking that punt anyway. Right. Yes, you were sort of blocked into him a little bit, but still, there's just no reason to be anywhere near there. Why the organization gives him, and I'm a Cowboy fan, why they right. give him all this leeway? He's a decent player, but why they've given him all this? You, know, you want to call it run? All these excuses is beyond me. They're doing the same thing with David Irving now, right? Right. And he hasn't shown up practice for a month or whatever it is. It's Jerry Jones enabling people. It's what he does. You know, so I don't think there's any big shock there. Uh, but, yeah, it was a dumb play. There were other calls on that drive, too. The holding call on Byron Jones, yep. probably not the best call. They didn't call the OPI, which, I once again, I didn't think that was blatant OPI. It was OPI. But I didn't think it was blatant when I'm uh, I, I agree. So blatant about it. But, but if you have a stuff, you probably have to call that, too. Yeah, you know, you talk to you, you talk about like kind of the leash that that Gregory gets. He's been okay, but like to me, the way I look at it is the amount of leash you get is directly correlated to the impact you have for the team. You know what I mean, George? Like, uh, you know, I would. But the thing is, he's getting leash as though. As though he's Demarcus Ware, as though he's Charles Haley, as though he's Lawrence Taylor. You know what I mean? And that's actually not the case. So, like, at what point is this guy just more trouble than he's worth? Oh, I think I, in some ways you could argue he's past that point. We've passed, right. Suspended. That's what I'm saying. And you're a Cowboys fan, so, like, you would have good insight on this one. Like, they even passed the point of no return on Greg Hardy. And, like, to be honest, I kind of think Greg Hardy is more talented than Randy Gregory. I think, it's, I think some of his uh, Jerry Jones wants to be known as, oh, I can save people. Because he's done this over and over again. It, it does, generally doesn't work. You know, listen, I don't, I'm not going to. So why didn't they, finish. why didn't they claim uh, Ruben Foster off waivers? Believe me, it wouldn't have shocked me. <laughs> you know, Sean Lee, Sean Lee is hurt, bit. right? You know, why didn't they just claim him off waivers? 
I think the bottom line they don't they didn't need Ruben Forster. You got uh, right. You know, you got uh, Van Der Esch, you got uh, Jalen Smith. Smith. So yeah. there's just uh, no reason to do it. But with Gregory, I'm, listen, I'm not going to knock you for the punt thing. If we want to release players for one bad play, then we know we're playing in the NFL. Everybody does a stupid play every now and then. Sure. All right? It was dumb. You got to go past it. If he were to do the same thing next week, then we got a different story here. You got to learn from your mistakes there. But the question is why they keep giving him, you know, over and over again as if he's going to change. That's the problem. You know, I, he's he's a decent player. He's not Charles Haley. You know, he's not Demarcus right. Wade. He's not Demarcus Lawrence. He's not that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I hear you. Let's look at the stats a little bit. You know, listen. Honestly, we got we're in a situation here, George. Where, where I mean, these Saints have been depended on for fantasy purposes, and we got people that are like in win and get in the playoffs kind of matchups. And Drew Brees defecates the mattress statistically. 127 yards, one touchdown, a ridiculous interception at the end of the game that just looked bad, to be quite honest. He got stripped a few times as well. 18 for 28. This from a guy who his completion percentage is like 77%. This outing looked like he was Cam Newton before North Turner got his hands on him. So if you ever Brees owner, you were in trouble. If you were Mark Ingram owner, 7 for 27 with one yard in the passing game, that's a, you know, he laid an egg for you. Michael Thomas, you know, who is leading the league in everything, right? Five for 40, not what you were expecting out of him. I have Alvin Kamara in the Greenwich Street Tavern League, and, you know, he got me like 15 PPR points, so I'm okay with that, but... George, a lot of a lot of teams out there are relying on their Saints to stand up and get crunk and get them into the playoffs, and they're now staring at a deficit. Yeah, not what you wanted. <laughs> I think that's the way, uh, best way to yeah. put it. There. Not what you wanted. Drew Brees, I believe, had what nine fantasy points, something yeah. like that. That's yeah. a killer. I know it's a quarterback, and you could survive without that, but that's nine when you you expecting over twenty. And you got nine. Michael Thomas, right. four points in standard. Like, and he's been what? Like the number one wide receiver all year. You're in trouble. The only person who ate last night was uh, Ezekiel Elliott. He was the only person who ate really for both teams. Cooper did okay. I think he had 15 PPR mm-hmm. points, so you, you survived there. Yeah, you 15.5 uh, for Amari Cooper. Like I said, you get 15 also in PPR from Alvin Kamara. You know, he had 36 on the ground, another 36 in the air, so that gets you to 7-something. But he had 8 catches on the day as well, so I guess you'll take 15 from Kamara and from Cooper, but it was Zeke who ate, yeah. I think the problem is, uh, when you think about the Saints, I know it's a great offense, but you know, it's really only three players. It's right. Breeze, Thomas, Kamara. If you could shut right. down one, I mean, right. I mean, listen, Dallas is a good defense. They're not a great defense. They played great last night, but they're a good defense, not a great one. They were just able to get in Drew Breeze's face all night here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like I said, I, it comes to me, if I'm a, uh, a defense, I'm taking away Thomas. Let them let him throw the ball to Kirkwood and you know, Brandon yeah. Marshall when he plays and the Traquan Smith who dropped the touchdown last night. Right. That would have been a touchdown if he caught it. Uh, you know, let him find these guys, you know, and stay away from uh, the big plays. Kamara, Dallas able to bottle uh, bottle him up too. It's hard to run outside on Dallas. Right. Vander Esch and Smith. Yeah, it are really fast. is. And Smith brings bad intentions when he's coming. Sure he's not looking does. to tackle you. He's sure looking to put does. you in the ICU. Well, he had that helmet-to-helmet hit, I think, on Kamara. That should have been caught, to be quite honest. But let me ask you this, because I, I, you raise a good point uh, that it's, you know, 
the studs are who they are in New Orleans for, you know, for the better part of a month, you know, George, I have been trying to get ahead of this, right? I've been trying to get as many pieces of this Saints offense as possible. You know, I want as many shares of the Saints offense, the Chiefs offense, the Rams offense. That's why when Josh Reynolds becomes available, right? I was like, oh, yeah, get a share of that offense if you can. Who is the number two wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, George? I mean, I've been playing this Traquan Smith game for a little while. You see Kirkwood. You mentioned, you know, Marshall, although I don't think he's actually going to, you know, see the field necessarily. If you want to get shares of this offense and, you know, you, not Breeze, Kamara, Thomas, or even Mark Ingram, let's say. Where do you go? Can you – do you think Kirkwood starts to get this? Because conceptually, George, you got to believe the number two wide receiver on the team that has the most points in the NFL is fantasy viable, right? But where do you go for that? Well, I mean, if, if I had to choose, it's going to be Traquan, but he's been inconsistent all year long. And we've seen, and I, I'm not sure if it's him, which is the offense, not going to him. If Thomas is open, they're going to use Kamara. I mean, but you're going to have these games. It's hard to recommend him to start week in and week out. I recommend him to nobody to start this week. I know i got a thousand questions about him. Right. And it wasn't so much the Dallas defense, but he was coming off an injury, and it was sort of a short week when he was actually practicing. He was really only practicing for a couple of days at most. And he combined that with Dallas. I didn't like it. So stay away here. But, you know, before we – I guess before we hit the panic button here. Okay, yes, didn't work out last night. Yeah, I mean, they're 10-2. They Let's all calm down. They're going to get a bye. And, and they play Tampa Bay next week. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll uh, if you're, right, if you're able to survive and you got to the playoffs, because <laughs> right. let's face it, you, I, was, I wonder this, Dave. How many teams – it was week 13. It is week mm-hmm. 13. So you, yeah. may be, you may have needed a win to get in. Maybe. But how many teams may have lost or didn't make the playoffs or ended up losing their fantasy week because of that Drew Brees deception? That oh, minus yeah. one you might get. Or oh. because Dak Prescott took three uh, – yep. you know, had to kneel down three times. Yes. He lost .5. So, I'm going to love to hear this. So, George, on Fantasy Freestyle, which I do on Tuesday, Thursday nights, I've had a season-long contest, and I call it Game of Inches. Okay, George, where people are sending me screenshots of when they <laughs> lose by that kind of thing. And I'm literally charting them. I got it. Like, I have people who have showed me screenshots of them losing with QB kneel downs, right? Of them losing, like – because of Tom Brady catching the Philly Philly. Uh, them losing because they started Dalvin Cook when he gets 10 rushing yards and a fumble, and Dalvin Cook gets minus one, and they lose by less than a point. Quincy Anunua getting minus one, and they lose by less than a point. I had a guy who lost last week by less than three points and was facing Chris Boswell as the kicker and lost because of his passing touchdown. I've been charting this all season long. I call it Game of Inches, and our friends over at RotoWare have agreed that they are going to give my worst bad beat of the entire season a free t-shirt over there so big shout out to them and we have fun with it we talk about it every week but you're absolutely right it is going to impact some playoff matchups or or, i mean some matchups this week which could impact the playoff picture i want to ask you as i say the playoff picture about the playoff picture in the nfc and uh, you know i've bounced this off scott and you know he said he basically was like nope it's not gonna happen that way but i think we talked to, you know, you talked about a blueprint, kind of. You know, they got in Drew Brees' face. I've talked about how, you know, it was the Giants who got a pass rush on Tom Brady that ended the undefeated season, right? It's the Philadelphia Eagles last year who could have eight defensive linemen in rotation to get pressure, right? I love these high-flying offenses, George. I love them. The Saints, the Chiefs, the Rams, you know, to a lesser extent, teams like the Patriots or the Chargers or the Steelers or others. But I believe, George, 
that the way to beat these teams is by putting pressure and hitting their quarterback, right? So does Drew Brees get past the NFC when there's guys like Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald? Does Patty Mahomes get through the AFC when they may have to face, oh, I don't know, Joey Boza and Melvin Ingram? Oh, I don't know, J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney? If I tell you right now, one of the blue-chip, big-boy, high-flying offensive quarterbacks get concussed or get injured, and that's what does the end of their playoff run, would I be crazy? Well, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go more specific for you. I think not okay. only do you need a pass rush, but it has to be up the middle. Up the middle? I think, okay. I, I think Drew guys Brees like steps Drew Brees, up in the pocket, right. Exactly. If you can take yep. that step up away, they have trouble. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, they're not, they can't scramble to the outside. That's not what their right. game is. They want, to, they want to step up and throw the ball. So if you can get that pass rush, not only a pass rush, but up the middle, I think that's what bothers them the most. Not so much the outside guys. They can avoid that. It's up the middle that really disrupts their, t- their timing. Don't get me wrong. If Khalil Mack's running free, obviously he's going to have that's some what I'm issues saying. here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, listen, everyone's, like, ticketing the Rams and the Saints and the Chiefs and all that stuff. I'm like, watch out because, you know, let's say in the 2-3 NFC matchup, you know, let's say it's Bears-Saints and Khalil Mack is bringing that pressure. Let's say Joey Boza, you know— puts an end to Tom Brady's avocado and Uggs and hyperbaric chambers. You know what I mean? Like, let's say Patty Mahomes, you know, has Jadavion Clowney turn him into, like, what happened in that play in Michigan in, in, in uh, college. You know, that's the recipe. The way the rules are in the NFL this year, you know, with hitting the quarterback and pass interference and all that stuff and extending drives, the only way to win defensively in the NFL is by knocking the snot out of the quarterback. And there are a couple of teams that are position to be able to do that. I think Chicago, I think the Chargers, I think, you know, Houston. And that's why I believe those teams are still live even in the 2018 NFL. I would agree with you. I'm certainly not going to tell you they're not live. Obviously, if I had to bet, I'm going to put the money on the other team. But as far as someone like Mahomes, I'd also point out, you know, first year as a starter. He's shown Mm -hmm. before that in big games, he gets a little nervous in the beginning of those games. Plus, those games will be at home in KC. KC in January is going to be freaking cold. How yeah. well is he throwing that ball if it's 20 degrees out? Is that the NFL in all its infinite wisdom puts the game at night? Yep, absolutely. Well, they definitely will. They want that primetime rating uh, for sure. When we come back, George, we got Dr. A to join us, all right? So everybody who's on that screen of yours with a little red, like, notes or a Q or a D, we're going to tell you if you need to sit and start them to make it to the playoffs this week. Roto experts in the morning. Come on right back. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. 
and they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Game time decisions. Fortunately, I have a big mouth, but I was, I was able no, to handle myself. You're, oh, you're very good. You're like the Vince Scully of uh, the sports radio show. You don't need a color guy. You just keep on talking. You answer your own questions. Hey, so what do you think of my? Hey, it's a beautiful day at the ball. Vin, I used to Vin, I love that guy. He basically has a guy like, there's nobody in the booth. He does a soliloquy off the top. They go to the game, and he tells stories and gives the answers to the stories. Like, he didn't need a color guy. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, the statistician, and my man George Kurtz holding me down on a football Friday as we head on into lucky week 13. It was not necessarily lucky for Drew Brees last night. The Dallas Cowboys get a big win to keep themselves live in the NFC East and in the NFC playoff picture. But we now look forward to Sunday's action. And listen, the most you know, kind of troubling thing for you when you're looking to set your lineup is when you have guys that are banged up, you have guys that are questionable, and you don't know if you want to roll the dice, you don't know if you want to take the risk. That's why on Fridays we talk with the folks over at Inside Injuries because their algorithms really help predict what's going to happen, who's going to get banged up, who should really be limited, who is not at 100%. And so we welcome Virginia Zakis here um, from Inside Injuries. How are you doing this morning, Virginia? Doing well. It's been another very busy week, but things are good over here. It sure has. I mean, it's a game of attrition, right, in football as throughout the football season. I don't think anybody's at 100. Dude, actually, that's a great – let me start with this, Virginia. At this moment in time, you know, three-quarters of the way through the NFL season, is there anybody who's still at, like, 100% health factor in your algorithm? Because, like, I would think that that's kind of an oxymoron. You know, like, they say there's certainties in life, death and taxes. I think another one is you will get hurt being an NFL football player. <laughs> For sure. I, I think the highest I've seen recently is someone around 97%. But okay. it's, being that high is very rare if you're someone that plays most of the time. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm operating at 97%, less than that. And that's <laughs> just because of my eczema and my allergies right now. But I digress. I know you and Dr. A are big-time Georgia Bulldog fans down there. Former Georgia Bulldog, stud-wide receiver A.J. Green has been banged up with a toe injury for the last couple of weeks. He's practicing again this week. George and I have been also wondering, you know, because the Bengals may be going nowhere. They lost Andy Dalton. So why would they bring A.J. Green back? It looks like they may bring him back this week. Talk to me about that toe injury and if they should be bringing him back, Virginia. Yeah, so things are finally looking up for A.J. Green. Um, He actually crossed over from the below average health performance factor to above average as of Monday, which means if he plays this weekend, I actually think he's going to play pretty well. Um, But the problem here is his overall injury risk is still high. So it's very easy to aggravate this toe injury. Every single movement a wide receiver makes from cutting, pushing off, jumping, everything starts with a big toe. So one wrong movement 
um, and he could he could re-injure it and end his season very quickly. But as long as he stays on the field, I actually think he's going to play pretty well over the next few weeks. Oh, great. I have to worry about A.J. Green in one of my big leagues here. I'm going to have to put him in my lineup. That's there. all right. He still has Jeff Driscoll throwing it to him, George. Don't worry about it. Oh, like Andy Dalton was any better. He'll be just fine. He better be fine. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. We'll stick with the wide receivers here. Has a, uh, what, a, a cast over his thumb here. Virginia, what can we expect from him? I mean, cast on thumb would seem to be hard to catch ball. Yeah, he's officially been limited the last two days at practice, but hasn't been seen actually catching any passes. Um, I think he sounds very, very questionable for this weekend. Um, I would not be surprised if he's either dealing with a small fracture or some ligament damage that he wants to try to play through. But as you said, playing with any sort of a thumb or cast on your hand as a wide receiver or even a tight end, it's very difficult. You're just not going to be very successful. So if he does try to play, which it sounds like he might, I don't see him doing too much. And, of course, he's a, his injury risk is high. Health performance factor is also below average which tells me that he's not going to do very well playing through a thumb injury. All right. Let's ask you a little bit about Mitchell Trubisky, Virginia. Okay. The Chicago Bears quarterback. I think it's interesting because when we're dealing with a wide receiver, that's one thing, right? When we're talking about the quarterback, it impacts not only his performance, uh, you know, for fantasy, but a lot of other players, all the pass catchers, the rest of the offense. Talk to me about Mitchell Trubisky. There's that shoulder injury. You know, we knew he was going to sit on Thanksgiving, and they always said that they were kind of losing the battle to win the war and that they were confident he'd be ready to go against the Giants. Like, how do you think he's gonna be and what does that then mean not only for him but for you know Bears wide receivers let's say what do you think about Trubisky Virginia so it sounds like he's gonna miss another game this weekend Um, we originally gave him a four-week optimal recovery time when he hurt Mm. his shoulder which means medically we don't think he should return before week 15 Um, anytime you have an injury to a quarterback's throwing shoulder um, it's a serious red flag and you want to be very careful Um, I would not be surprised based on how the hit occurred if he did uh, a little bit of damage to the labrum or the rotator cuff. They're calling it a bruised shoulder, but I think that's a bit misleading because it's not like your typical bruise. Um, Right now, he is an elevated injury risk. So he was high, so he has improved slightly over the last week, but he's not going to play this week. He really shouldn't play next week. Um, And a lot of the time, these injuries just heal a lot slower than you think they're going to. Speaking of an injury that's healing slower, it doesn't look like on Johnson's going to play again this mm-hmm. week. He's got the knee injury. He didn't participate in, you know, participate in practice yesterday. When do you think we'll see him back on the field? For him, we're also showing a four-week optimal recovery time, so around week 15 is when we think we'll see him again. Um, a lot of the time when people, uh, players suffer these knee sprains, we're showing a grade two. Um, they return in around three weeks, which would mean he could return in week 14 but they often underperform and they're also at a much higher risk of re-injury when they play. So I think it's possible he tries to practice next week, but week 15 medically should be his target. Um, Virginia, I want to ask you about Marlon Mack. Okay. He sustained a concussion. Um, He's back and cleared. He was back practicing fully. I want to ask you about Marlon Mack, but then also I've heard (sighs) varying Uh, kind of ideas on concussions in general. Uh, I would love to know, you know, you can, you just said like, Oh, a third degree, a second degree sprain of the knee, you know, that sort of thing. There's even like first to third degree burns, let's say. Right. But 
Are there degrees of concussions? Are there like major concussions versus minor concussions? Are there areas of gradation in a concussion? I would love to understand if that even exists. If so, what are they? And uh, how do we know which one Marlon Mack is coming back from? Yeah, so I'll start by saying that the the shortest optimal recovery time we have for a concussion is two weeks. We never recommend a player comes back before two weeks if they're actually in concussion protocol. Of course, we know many players do come back. Um, It looks like Marlon Mack, after getting in a full practice yesterday, is on track to clear um, as a full practice is kind of the last step in concussion protocol. But, yes, there are varying degrees of concussions. A lot of it has to do with if a player has a history of concussion, um, if they were unconscious when they suffered a concussion, um, and then there's varying levels um, and severity of symptoms. Um, light sensitivity, sound, there's all sorts of different things, confusion, Um, but there's definitely different levels. We try to take uh, a lot of that into account, but unfortunately teams don't always report on all the symptoms a player is experiencing. We can pick up on a lot of stuff from different reports and tweets Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but um, concussions more than any other injury are very, very tough for us to predict the severity, but there is definitely a wide variety in severity of concussions. And just to follow up real quick, you mentioned, uh, you know, the idea of history of concussions, right? So is there something like a shampoo effect kind of thing if you've had concussions in the past? Yeah, if you've had concussions in the past, generally subsequent concussions get worse and they're much easier to get. Maybe the first time around it takes a big uh, hit to the head, slamming your head to the turf, but following that you're more likely to get a concussion from something Mm. as simple as maybe whiplash. Um, and the really? more recent a concussion has been, the more likely you are to have another concussion. Wow. Yeah, concussions are always, always tricky. We never know when those guys are going to return. Uh, Virginia, Gus Edwards had a limited practice yesterday dealing with an ankle injury. He's had back-to-back big weeks with Lamar Jackson behind center, 115 yards, 118 yards. Alex Collins could be this week. What, I guess what percentage do we think – as far as health, Gus Edwards will be at Sunday. And are we worried about him losing time, not only to Collins, but because of this ankle? Um, I'm not too worried right now about him losing time to Collins just because Collins is also banged up and missed last week. Um, I'm also hoping, hoping his missed practice Wednesday was more of a maintenance day than anything. Um, but he is dealing with this ankle injury. We currently have him in the below average health performance factor, but he is improving, and I actually wouldn't be surprised if his numbers improve. Um, even up until Sunday morning. Right now he's sitting at a 52% health performance factor, um, but I think that'll improve slightly. Um, We're showing a two-week optimal recovery time. I actually think he can play this weekend and should do okay, but um, another week would would be very beneficial for his ankle to heal. Uh, I want to get you out of here on this one, Virginia. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. Obviously, inside injuries, the place to go. If we don't talk about the player that you have questions on, you know, go on over to inside injuries. They have great tools and projections. You can really, before you set your lineup, you got to go on over there and make sure your guys are good to go. The last one I want to get uh, your thoughts on, Virginia, 
is Rob Gronkowski. I mean, this guy has been in and out all year with a back and other things. I mean, and this is a guy who's had, you know, multiple back surgeries. He's, you know, getting a little bit older. He's basically got a huge target on his back anytime he's on the football field. You know, I'm a Jets fan. I hate the Patriots, but part of me is now starting to feel sorry for the man for what he's putting himself through. Uh, I mean, you know, he gets all the fruits of his labor in terms of his brand and all that good stuff stuff but are we nearing the end for Gronk I mean at some point these have to catch up to the man uh you know like why is he putting himself through this he's already a hall of fame tight end he's already got you know all the endorsements he needs he's already got Super Bowl titles like and you know there was buzz in the offseason about him maybe you know reconsidering if he wanted to play he might have gotten traded he's got more injuries this year um is there an, any legitimate thinking to that? We could be seeing the end of the road for Gronk, or at least the end of the prime for Gronk. What's going on with his back and stuff? He's back on the injury report. Yeah, there's just no way after three serious back surgeries to ever get back to anywhere near 100%. It's just not possible. Um, right. So actually, ever since 2016, when he had that last surgery, we've been pretty down on him. Uh, we warned before the season that – his back would probably flare up, and there was also a high likelihood that he would suffer some other injuries as well throughout the season. Of course, his ankle has been an, an issue since, I believe, week three. Um, I think by – it's kind of surprising, actually, after he took around a month off that the ankle wasn't fully healed, but it mm-hmm. seems like it was a pretty serious injury, and um, his back is even more concerning. So we have him in an elevated injury risk, of course. There's no way he's ever going to get back to low. Um, I don't really like seeing players added to the injury report midweek, of course. Um, So at least it was limited yesterday and not a DNP yesterday, but still not great news. Um, I actually thought he looked okay last weekend. Not great, but could have looked a lot worse. But um, the other problem with back injuries is they can flare up at any moment. Those back spasms can come back and they're debilitating. Um, It's not something he can realistically play through. So I think we're just going to see a lot more up and down weeks for Gronk as long as he as long as he's with the Patriots. Yeah, it seems like you have confidence that even when he is active, there could be times where he starts a game and doesn't finish it. Um, and so you definitely have to think about the way you view stud tight end Rob Gronkowski. All right, Virginia. Well, thanks for spending, like I said, part of your Friday morning with us getting up early uh, and tell everybody where to go for inside injuries. How can they find inside injuries and get even more information on their players? So you can hit us up on Twitter. We're at Inside Injuries. Um, and we'll answer questions right up until game time. Or you can check out our website, which is insideinjuries.com. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Virginia. Tell Dr. A we said hello as we get into the holiday season. Have a great weekend. All right, Virginia? Thanks, guys. You too. All right. So, uh, George. Two interesting things there that I want to bounce off of you from what I heard Virginia talking about. First is this Gronk idea. Okay, like... I, I, I've never really been a fan of drafting Gronk anyway because I've never really been a fan of having to spend a second or a third round pick on a tight end. But, you know, I understand the kind of advantage he does or he used to give you. But at this point, honestly, there's like I don't know next year if he's even a top five tight end because I can't. If I'm going to spend the draft capital to get Gronk, I want something more stable than that. You know what I'm saying? Give me Zach Ertz. Give me George Kittle. Give me Travis Kelsey. And so if he's outside of that group anyway, he's not getting drafted in the top four rounds. You know, like, George, I hate to put it this way, but, like, is Gronk done? 
Is he done? Uh, I'm sort. I'm leaning that way. I think what Virginia said is correct. I think the injuries are adding up. I think the yeah. back is a huge problem here. You can throw in that Brady's not the same player anymore either. I hear you exactly. Uh, and you know, he he talked about retirement in the offseason. What does Bill yep. Parcells say about when you talk about retirement or when mm-hmm. you're thinking about retirement? You are retired. And you know, so you know um, the Patriots also do this one year early instead of one year late with their players. Even huge time stables of their the organization. Patriots traded them. They you traded know, yeah, him. Right to Detroit, exactly. And he said, no, exactly. I'm not going. But here's the so, other uh, thing, you know, for someone, you know with Gronk, someone with like Gronk, who has his life set, you know, he will be a personality, you know, f- after he retires, you know, s- for a long time. You know, he can do whatever he wants in terms of commercials, in terms of whatever, you know what I mean? Why, if you're, he already has his Super Bowls, he's already in, going into the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. If you're Gronk, honestly... What, like, I know as fans and as fantasy players, we view it one way. But if you're like a friend of his or a family member, why, is he, why would he put himself through that in 2019? You know, Dan, I've said this a bunch of times. You can't begrudge a football player his money. You want to get on the, the baseball players for making a gazillion dollars for playing ball, baseball. Fine. Football players' quality of life will be changed. Because of the game. It's, it's a brutal game. You're getting into a million car yeah. accidents a season yeah. here. If I'm Gronk, I'm certainly looking long-term health. You've made your money. What have we seen the past couple of years now? Players retiring at a much early age. I can yes. still play. And you Gronk know, I, is one I, of the I'm few players, George, in the NFL who, like you said, he will still be able to make money outside of the NFL more than most players in the NFL. I agree. And if I'm Gronk, I'm certainly concerned that. I'm sure he loves the game. You know, and playing for New England certainly helps because they, you know, they, they sure. go at least a championship game every season. I get it. But my long-term health is more important to me than anything else, especially when I got money in the bank and I'm set. And you mentioned it. He could be an actor. Wasn't it what Dwayne John, the he Rock, has told anything. him, hey, go to he Hollywood. You make wants. money there. So I agree. Absolutely. I think, I think at best case scenario, he plays one more season in 2020, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he's gone next year. You know, and at the same time, George, you talk about, yeah, like, when the Patriots are, like, you know, an automatic to the AFC championship game, like, cool. You know, I got you. It makes sense. But we're also entering, and this is coming from a Jets fan, so maybe I'm, you know, hastening it a little too quickly. But we're also entering the fall of Rome, in my opinion, you know, as it relates to the Patriots. So, like, why sack up for this if you're Gronk? If, it winds up, if you're going to wind up, you know, next year maybe – Going 10-6 and six and being the four seed, maybe. You know what I mean? It's just like the return on your investment is depreciating in a lot of, in a lot of you know, areas that you're considering here. You don't need here this to make money. You're not the guaranteed Super Bowl bet. You're not even the all-pro necessarily anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and your story is already written. I, I, like, are you, would you be drafting Gronk at all next year? Oh, sure. We listen to round 10, round 8, round 9, but I don't right. get tight ends early either. So, uh, it'll, be, it'll still be Stoney. He'll take him in round 4, round 5, yeah. and it won't be me. It won't be me, and it won't be any members of the Stats Overbeat Cypher. I'll tell you that. When we come back on Roto Experts in the Morning, George, I got one other thing I want to ask you about from Virginia, and then we make our picks for week 13 when we come back. It's George Kurtz and Dane Martinez putting the fun in functional sports radio. Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. It provides protection from the sun's harmful rays and can keep your patio about 20 degrees cooler. Call 800-869-4993 now and you can get your Sunsetter for as little as $599 with your special $200 discount certificate. Call 800-869-4993 now for your discount certificate and you'll also get a free awning idea kit. Call 800-869-4993. That's 800-869-4993. Indeed knows it's hard to find qualified candidates when you're hiring. It's like finding a unicorn. But when you post your job on Indeed, it's easy to find people with the skills you need. Nurse practitioner, four plus years experience, acute care certification. Indeed has a huge pool of amazing candidates and screener tools that help you find your most qualified applicants. Whoa, an entire short list of unicorns. See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com slash hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. Fantasy Sports Today. Greg Williams is winning with the Cleveland Browns, but they can't stick with Greg Williams as their coach. Don't they have to make the move. Be surprised by what the Browns do. Never be surprised by what the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals will do in terms of <laughs> personnel and coaching moves. They do some really curious stuff. I know this is a Steelers fan. You get fan. Bruce Arians kind of lobbying for that job in Cleveland? Good for him. I mean, he can lobby for all he wants. He's not getting that job. I mean, that would be crazy. Weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Don't worry. Be happy. If you start Michael Thomas in week 13, don't worry. Be happy. Hey, it's Roto Experts in the morning. Hey, George Kurtz and Dane Martinez. As we go on into a football Friday, week 13, and a lot of people are going to be scrambling after a 13-10 to 10 surprising Thursday night football result last night. The Cowboys go to 7-5, and five, and, uh, you know, with the two other teams in the NFC East playing each other this Monday night, they may get a working margin. The Saints fall to 10-2, and two, but let's not get all chicken little here. The sky is not falling. They are still probably just fine. And if you asked me, you know, George, you know, I don't think that, you know, no one thinks that the Saints are going to go 16-0, and 0, right? And so if you asked me, even when they were hot, you know, like if I told you where might they lose, the right answer to that question would be on the road to another first place team. Like, that's not crazy. Uh, you know what I mean? And they still have everything in front of them as well. But I digress. We were talking about uh, with Virginia of inside injuries, and I wanted to get your thought on what you said with Carry on Johnson, George, because she mentioned something that, like, you know, maybe come back week 14, maybe week 15, but she also said that, like, in his return, he may not be kind of like 100%. And, George, I know you cover, you know, baseball for Roto Experts as well. Me and Scott all the time. Uh, when it's baseball, we talk about like a pitcher making their first start coming off the disabled list, right? And and we're like, ah, we don't know how good it's going to be. There was one time early, like in the middle of the season, uh, George, where even Clayton Kershaw coming off the DL, like in his first start, Scott and I were like, yeah, he may be great, but don't expect six plus innings. Don't expect a quality start out of him. You know what I mean, George? So if I take this analogy over to football, do I want to, do I wait and see? 
with Kerryon Johnson when he comes back? Or do I not have that luxury because it's week 14 or 15 and it's a winner-go-home kind of scenario? Now, I know the answer, George, honestly, is, well, it's relative to your options. But conceptually, how do you feel about running Kerryon Johnson back if it's week 15 and you haven't seen him for three weeks? Well, first off, in baseball, I'm right behind you guys. I don't like starting up uh, any player coming with a long-term injury. Right. You know, I always hope that he'll, he'll that player in, in a weekly lineup league will start on a Sunday. So I get to watch right. him. Oh, okay, right. great. Looks good. I can put him in my lineup next week. It's when he, uh, the only time in baseball will be a two-star week. Then I if the two-star week choice. is, yeah, then I hear you. But uh, as for football, you know, I don't think you, you uh, I, I think you probably put him in your lineup. You only have 15 or 16 weight games at most. You're in your playoffs. Now, maybe you have better matchups. This would also come down to it. I'm looking at this yeah. Detroit schedule here right now. They're playing at Buffalo week 15. Not the greatest matchup on the planet. You also mm-hmm. look at Detroit. Not much of a passing game anymore. Marvin Jones on IR. Golden Tate right. on struggling in Philadelphia. But me personally, I don't have Kerry John Johnson in any league. But if I did... He'd have to stop me. I don't unless I hear always oh, on you know limited number of snaps. That would be different. But if I if I believe right. if I hear he's going to have a full load, he's going to have to stop me. I don't think there's any league where I have enough depth where I can say, ah, carry on Johnson. I can wait and see a week. I don't have right. that kind of depth. Yeah, I'm lucky. There's one team, there's one league I'm in where I'm 11 and one. It's my long-term dynasty league. Um, I own Carryon Johnson. However, I'm lucky enough that in the interim, I put it in as my RB2, uh, Sony Michelle. So I'm gonna ride that way. <laughs> um, you know, I will so be starting fine. James. Fine, yeah, I'm gonna be starting James Connor and Sony Michelle. <laughs> so I'll be okay with that. I can wait and see on Carryon Johnson. I just hope that Rex Burkett doesn't eat into Sony Michelle at the same time. What's up, George? I got a question for you. This is something where we're, I imagine you're going to hear it next couple of days. I know I am with all the questions I answer. Yeah. We talked about it earlier. You're going to get fantasy owners who are going to be panicking because they started Mark Ingram, yep. four points. Michael yep. Thomas, nine points. And the question is going to be, do I – oh, look, see? The question's coming in right now. See, it sure is. Coming. I'll the tell you what that is. That's be... my text message saying my direct deposit just hit, baby, baby. Nice. <laughs> Where's my text message? Uh, <laughs> Mike Cardano, text, please. No. Yeah, uh, it wasn't from him. A different, a different direct deposit, but go ahead. <laughs> so my, the question is going to be, do I need to start this guy because he has higher upside over the better player? Right. I, I know this is coming. You're going to hear this over and over again. And how are you going to handle this? Do you believe because, let's say you had Ingram and Mike, uh, Mike Thomas. Mm-hmm. PPR, you got 13 points. You are behind the eight ball. There's no doubt you are. And you need to get to the playoffs. You need to win this week. Yep. You know, so are you? Would you recommend maybe going for a higher upside guy, or hey, you're starting your best players no matter what? So, you're an expert, George. Uh, Scott Engel is an expert, right? I'm I'm a dude who knows what he's talking about. That's entertaining, right? So here's the thing. Yes, I would, but I hear all the experts. Don't do that. You know, all the experts kind of just say, no, I was surprised to hear you. I'm surprised to hear Scott being like, he doesn't see who he's playing against. It doesn't matter. And I pushed him on that. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I've given like this exact kind of scenario. And then let's say on your bench, you got a guy like, um, you have one wide receiver who's a quote unquote chain mover. And you have another wide receiver who's a quote unquote uh, best ball, take the top off the defense kind of guy. Yes, I am. I'm putting the Deshaun Jackson type. I'm putting the Will Fuller type in, and I'm hoping this is the week he goes, you know, five for 147 and two touchdowns. Yes, I am doing that. 
Is that a rookie mistake? Is that a novice play, George? But I am doing that. I am putting in Deshaun, Je- well, uh, you know, his hand specialist, but I am putting in, say, the Will Fuller type over the Willie Sneed type if I need it. I am, but call me, am I crazy? No, you're not, because I actually agree with you. Scott gives me crap too. about it all the time. He's like, no, I don't look at it. I don't look at who I'm playing against. It doesn't matter. I just put forth my best roster regardless. But I, I think that's very hard to do. I wouldn't take out a stud, mind you, but the, those Fair. Lower, you know, the wide receiver three guys who uh, you mentioned, uh, a chain mover, a guy who I was conservative to play. Oh, I, I knew he was going to get me eight to ten points. I can't right. rely on that. That's valuable when you're studs, when you're Mike Thomas, got you 24. It's not valuable now when your stud got you nine. When Ingram, you're running back two, got right. you four, and you were expecting triple that. You're behind, like I said, you're behind the eight ball now. You have room to make up here. So that's a situation where, yes, I will. And by the way, that's also a situation that I will look at my, my, at my other teams, at my opponent's roster. I'm but that's what I'm saying. Like, same problem. Inherent in that is you have to look at the team you're facing. So when Scott says, or sometimes you've said, like, I don't even look at the other team, then how do you even know if you're in that situation or not where you have to take the home run swing? That's the part that I find weird, you know? And for example, for example, I was facing Scott in the Greenwich Street Tavern League, whatever week it was. It was the week that, and I had Big Ben as my quarterback. It was the week that he went off on Thursday night football. He scored 49 points for me. And then we're doing the show Friday morning. Scott legitimately did not know that he was, A, even facing me, and B, that I had Big Ben and I was up 49 nothing on him. He did not know. He truly didn't check. Scotty doesn't know. I see. That's another thing I check. Whenever you get the big Thursday night game and someone gets 1,000 yeah. points, because I know I'm playing against that person like 8 out of 10 leagues. Of course. No. <laughs> and it's, it tries to say, Kareem Hunt at 75 points. Oh, great. I know I'm down 75 in four leagues. Thanks. But, okay, so but the thing is, you're saying, yes, when you are down like that or up like that, I guess, right, it does impact your thinking. Uh, let's say, and especially, you may not have the ability to do that, right, say, after the 4 o'clock games. Maybe you don't have those options in Sunday night and Monday night football. But interestingly enough, in these playoff weeks, there's games on Thursday, and there's also going to start being games on Saturday, George. So you do have a time to step back and reflect and see if you need to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, there's an old saying. Uh, I heard it from a TV show back in the 80s. I only bet everything on one roll of the dice when I only have one roll of the dice left. Right. And what I mean by that is I'm a, I'm a very conservative owner. Generally, I go with, you know, going with my studs, going with the players where they're going to get the most points. But as you said, if I was already up against Ben that week and he already got 50 points and maybe I had a player in that game who did nothing and I'm already, oh, crap, behind it already, then I got to take some chances here. At least I believe I do because I can just do the projections for my players. It's not going to be enough. I just don't have enough. I got to throw you. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson, the Fullers. Uh, maybe nowadays it's Adam Humphrey, somebody you're going to throw sure. in there who uh, has been hot. Someone like that who you wouldn't ordinarily put in your lineup week in and week out. And there'll be other guys. We can go through each team and figure out guys. Curtis Samuel on uh, Carolina, maybe somebody. Sure, but conceptually it's the same thing. Yeah. So there. Yes. There. Uh, I don't look at lines, but when I make my original lineup, I'm not looking at Dane's team. Right. But once once a game is played, and the weird things happen in that game. You know, somebody went off or somebody good didn't do anything, and I know I have that player. Then I have to look. And I may be looking, oh, wow, Dane had Mike Thomas and Ingram. Oh, he got screwed up. So you I could don't be have a safer chances. floor, guys. It goes right, the other exactly. way as well. It goes the other way as well. Absolutely. It's good to know, uh, George, that you're on my side of these things. I'll let Scott know next week for sure. Let's make our <laughs> picks, George. Uh, you know how it goes. We make three picks. You, to be quite honest, uh, 
George, are the percentage point leader right now? Because you were 2-1 and one the last time you joined us on a Friday. Uh, so we're going to make some picks again here with a few minutes that we have left. I have um, one pick that I'm making, George. I'm just – to me, these teams are heading in completely opposite directions. That's going to be the narrative for two of my picks, to be quite honest. Give me the red-hot Indianapolis Colts minus five at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is completely imploding. Jalen Ramsey is a legitimate – uh, questionable, in my opinion. You know, Andrew Luck has thrown three-plus touchdowns in seven games in a row. I don't care if there's no Jack Doyle. I don't care if Marlon Mack plays or not. I am putting my lot with Andrew Luck, even against his Jacksonville defense. Give me Indianapolis minus five at Jacksonville. Yeah, I have uh, – we make three picks. I have four yep. games. So I'm, still, I'm still debating on that last one, but Indy is okay. one of mine as well. Really, Fantastic. for all the reasons you, uh, you mentioned, uh, Jack Doyle's a loss, no doubt. Jacksonville can't cover a tight end. I think they're top – bottom five is uh, covering tight ends uh, this season. Eric Ebron could have a big game here. Yep. Ramsey, you got the knee injury. It may or may not play. This team is imploding. And you've got Cody Kester at quarterback. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Definitely. Indianapolis minus five. five. Absolutely. To be quite honest, George, um, I'm even stacking Andrew Luck and Eric Ebron in my FanDuel lineup. Andrew Luck at 8,200, Eric Ebron at only 5,600 this week. The man has 11 touchdowns, George, and he's 5,600. I'm going with the same kind of narrative for my next pick. I actually believe the Denver Broncos are better than people think, okay? They had three games in a row where they were playing teams on hot streaks. They beat the Chargers. You know, they uh, they should have beaten the Houston Texans. McManus misses a last second field goal. They play the Chiefs and the Rams really tight. I think they're a better team than people think, and they are going into Cincinnati, who also made a quarterback change. We don't know about A.J. Green. It seems like it's unraveling there as well. Give me Denver minus the four, four and a half in Cincy. Yeah, I like this too. This this is really number five on my list here. Okay. So I didn't, didn't go with it, but I like it. I think you, know, you got a good chance of winning here. Um, my next game is, you know, one thing about Indianapolis-Jacksonville, I'm not thrilled about division games, especially uh, yeah. road division games. Yeah, I worry about yeah. that a little bit, yet I'm doing it twice because my next one's a road division game as well. I think uh, Panthers have to rebound. They have to rebound. Lost two straight. If they lose this game at Tampa Bay, uh, they're done. They, they, they want a chance to make the playoffs here. I'll take the minus four. I think uh, Winston will make some mistakes. He'll score some points here, but I think uh, Cam will outscore him. It scares me a little bit to go back-to-back division games on the road and giving mm-hmm. up points, but Tampa Bay is just so bad here. Carolina minus four. All right, fair enough. And then listen, I told you, I think I told you that like last night, I sort of liked the under, but I refused to bet another under in the NFL this season based on the way the rules are and stuff. And I found one that I think is a, a lock over, to be quite honest. Uh, give me Sunday night football, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The total is now 52. Give me Pittsburgh at home. The Chargers have a high-flying offense as well. I don't care if Melvin Gordon is not there. Eckler has standalone value to me anyway. I mean, he's not Melvin Gordon, but I don't think those offenses miss too much of a beat. I can see this game easily in the high 20s or getting to the 30s. Give me the Steelers and the Chargers over 52 as my last pick. I like. Uh, I just. I don't like to bet on it just because you, you always have to wet, sweat it out. Exactly. Yeah. I, hear whistle, right? I hear you. Oh, yeah. can be done with third quarter. Hey, I won. Especially awesome. in this. Especially, yo, the Chiefs Rams Monday Night Football game had a total of like 63. It was 30 to 30 at halftime. That was wild game. <laughs> Absolutely wild game. What you got uh, for number right. three, Josh? This is the one I'm wrestling with here. There are two games. One. I kind of like Atlanta minus that point and a half 
Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson. I thought about that as well. Road. Right, it's, it's in the yep. dome. Yeah, uh, Lamar could turn into a pumpkin playoff. here. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, Baltimore's a good defense, but still, can Lamar put up enough points? Uh, right. So I like this game. And the other one, Rams minus 10 and a half. Uh, they're coming over by. I know it's in Detroit, but no Carry-on Johnson. No Marvin Jones. Right. No Golden Tate. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, Ram, uh, the Rams are going to put up 28 points by accident. Right. All right? I don't and know, Detroit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Detroit can score 14-17. I just don't. Akeem Talib's back. He should be back this week for the Rams. I like both of these so much, man. Uh, I guess I'll I'll, uh, I'll go with the home team since I haven't done that yet. I'll go with Atlanta minus uh, minus a point and a half here against Baltimore. All right, ATL minus one and a half versus Baltimore. You are locked in, my friend. You have we both have the Colts. So let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. I'm telling you guys right now, you just spent some money on Thanksgiving, you bought your turkey, you're starting to do some Cyber Monday shopping and stuff like that, you're getting the trimmings and all that good stuff this weekend maybe, if you need a little bit of extra cash for the holiday, all right, if George Kurtz says it, it's one thing, if the spitting statistician says it, it's another, but if we both agree, I'm telling you right now, I told you I just got direct deposit, George, I'm going over to mybookie.ag and I'm putting the rent check down on the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, we both agree, we see this happening, so people need to empty their bank accounts, go into the red if you need to, and ride Andrew Luck, are you comfortable telling people that, George? I don't know if I'm going to tell anybody ever to, to bet the red check here, but I certainly wouldn't mind putting a couple of bills on the Colts here. I think they're, listen, they're a hot team. They need to keep winning here. I don't think they can catch Houston for the division, but they're certainly in the wild card hunt. They're hot. Jacksonville's not. That's an imploding team here. And once again, it's Cody Kessler at quarterback. I, I can't see how exactly. Indianapolis doesn't cover the five. Let me ask you conceptually, because you, you went to the Rams minus 10. Listen, there's also, you know, the Packers are 14-point favorites at home. Uh, the Chiefs are 15-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, how do you handle, in general, double-digit spreads? You know what I mean? Like, I generally like to stay away from them. I know it's usually a team like the Rams or the Chiefs or something like that. But to me, two touchdowns is a lot in the NFL. The back door is usually live. Conceptually, do you touch those big-time spreads? I mean, listen, do I expect Kansas City to cover the spread? I do. But you mentioned it's that backdoor cover. I think it's, this could be a 45-17 mm-hmm. game. They cover it easily. It wouldn't shock me at all, but it's on the road. Once again, divisional matchup here. The Rays have played a, a little better of late. I mean, for whatever that's worth. And, hey, if you really believe in weird stats, Gruden is, I think, 4-1 four, uh, four and one all time against Andy Reid. It'll be 4-2 and two this weekend. Road division matchup, you say also. All right. I, I, don't like, I just don't like those at all, so it's hard for me to give up that many points. But it's that backdoor That'll make me uh, – whatever hair I have left, I'll be pulling it out of my head if that were to happen. Hey, uh, you think Scotty's going to see a victory t- this week up there in Seattle? They're 10.5-point favorites. As much as I'd love to get on Scott and say he's the reason they lost it, <laughs> he showed up to the game, Nick Mullins is done. I mean, uh, if they had anybody yeah. better, he'd be in there by now. He looks like that undrafted quarterback. Yeah, I think Scotty gets a win. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree, and we'll be talking about it on Monday. Thanks for filling in so far yesterday and today. We'll talk about all the Week 13 action on Monday here on Roto Experts in the Morning. You have a great fantasy weekend, all right, George? You too, and so to anybody else out there, good luck in your fantasy. Get it. Yeah, get that win. Get aggressive if you lost with Drew Brees. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.